Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. And welcome to another episode of Power Yourself. Now today we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to all of us, self-care. So we're going to be talking today about how we take responsibility for our health and well-being. Why is this important? And what things can we do to make self-care an important part of our lives? So Jillian, let me start with a pretty basic question. What exactly is self-care? I would say self-care is time dedicated solely to us as individuals. Almost like time spent rejuvenating yourself so that you can go out and do your day-to-days. Now we're not talking just about pampering yourself. I think maybe when when we think of self-care, a lot of people think, oh, I'm in the bathtub with the flower petals or I'm taking a spa day. But you're saying it's more of a deliberate choice. And in addition to uh, maybe some comfortable things like pampering, it's, it's actually investing in our own health. And sometimes that is the pampering, Carl. Like if you asked me what I did for self-care, I would definitely say pampering myself, like the bath, the long bath, maybe with some Epsom salts and some bubbles, like that is a part of my self-care. So I think it's about finding the things that help you fuel your tank, maybe is a good way to put it. Uh, So finding those ways that really help make you positive and fill you up so that you can go out and face the world and the day-to-day struggles. And and we're not suggesting in this podcast or in this session today, we're not suggesting that self-care is a substitute for actual medical care. We're talking about not only perhaps treating a disease or a condition, but even if you're perfectly healthy, you're augmenting your own health in your own daily life. So it would be in addition Self-care would be in addition to any regular care that you would receive from a medical professional. Absolutely. But it's also like I see it as a way to help make me more resilient as well. I find when I'm really up on my self-care, I don't get as many flus or I don't get as run down or as stressed out. It can help build our resiliency up and probably allow us to not get as run down. There's definitely times you're going to need to go see your doctor and seek out that medical attention, but I think this is definitely a way to help not get you so run down and, like I said, build up that resiliency in your day-to-day life. And not only are we going to be talking about physical self-care today, but we'll try to get through all four of our pillars. Uh, you know, with the, one of the nice things about this podcast is that we can take almost any subject and we can try to filter it through these four pillars and the four pillars are physical mental emotional and spiritual health so i guess we can just start with the most obvious one which is the physical pillar and what would you recommend people take a look at in their lives for self-care for the physical pillar for physical i would definitely say stuff like making sure you're probably rested so that your energy is up um Even like going out, and I know we've talked about a lot of these in different podcasts, and you'll start to notice a lot of them cycle through, like we touch on each of them throughout all of the episodes. But investing in maybe a sport you like to do, and going out and just releasing those emotions, maybe. Maybe you have a buildup. Maybe you're stressed out at work. So maybe that fraction of self-care, that exercise, that 
physical exhaustion or physical exertion is really important to get those emotions out. Sure. So from a physical standpoint, we're looking at three main things, diet, exercise, and sleep. Oh, yes, definitely. And so with diet, do you want to say anything about diet? How important is it that we fuel our bodies with proper food? I know this can sound a little bit negative, like, oh, you're not allowed to ever have a piece of cake or you can never have refined sugars. But I, I think, you know, I've known you long enough. It's more about listening to your body, I think, and about picking foods that are not only right for you, but give you the results you would like. Yeah, so, I and like I said, we've touched on a lot of this before. So it's about knowing that balance for your body knowing what to fuel yourself to make you feel good and kind of the days that you need to be more consciously aware of that. I'm always fascinated about about food because, you know, we live in a society in North America where very rarely do people really ever get truly hungry. You know, it's so funny. You see people at work and it's, it's 1130 or 12 noon and it's time to eat or it's six o'clock at night, it's time to eat. And people will kind of mindlessly eat, myself included, because it's time to eat rather than am I truly hungry. So I think if someone's seeking either weight gain or weight loss, or maybe they're having low energy or they're, they can't sleep at night, I think there's nothing wrong with really looking at why we eat and when we eat and seeing if it works. I, I sometimes feel like there's people won't make a correlation between the two. You know, they'll eat something and maybe they feel really bad two hours later. No, I can't sleep or I've got a full stomach or I've got indigestion. Maybe we can look at some of the times of day that we eat as well. Definitely. I think that's a great suggestion to kind of give people. And also, yeah, looking at the types of food that makes your body feel good and kind of taking the time to become aware of that and take notice. So future, you'll sure. have that as a tool. Now, do you enjoy... Um, just to kind of end on, on diet here, do you do you enjoy cooking food? Is it something that you take a lot of pleasure out or is it something that's a, kind of a time suck in your life? What, what's your view on buying groceries versus, you know, eating out at a restaurant? I would say there's definitely um, times I love it and times I don't. Um, so me and my partner are very 50-50 on cooking and kind of prep, which I need. I need that balance. Um, so it's about going out and making the effort so if I do all of this on Sunday I know I'm setting myself up for success if I didn't have time and maybe I have to come home after work and prep a meal that's when you're going to get the time that I really don't enjoy it and I'm just like slopping something together to get um, energy basically let's talk next about exercise um I think it's important in our lives, especially as adults, to try to seek out fun activities. I think if you don't enjoy running on a treadmill, that can be torture. But if you really enjoy running, boy, what a great experience it can be. So what sort of exercise, what, like what's your view on exercise? What sort of exercise do you do in your daily life? And how did, how did you arrive at the decision to do the exercise that you do? So for me, I would definitely say that I try to do the gym. I've definitely gone through phases before. Uh, I think when I'm at my peak, it's that regimented gym time. It's about making sure I'm getting cardio, but also making sure I'm well, like building my muscles and making sure I'm balancing everything. I Just to, like I've made mistakes in the past where I've ran, 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 and I end up having like, joint pain or something wrong. So always making sure I'm looking at my body as a whole. So that was really important to me. So gym time is one thing. I would say getting outside 
it's not you know it doesn't have to be so intense right like exercise can be a walk it could be walking the dogs so getting outside and breathing that fresh air was a really good thing for me and is definitely a physical it could also touch on mental for me and emotional to get outside and breathe that air and just yeah it's it's almost like everything summed up and I feel the more we get talking about these self-care tools the more they're gonna bleed together like I feel what I think is physical maybe you can see Carl or anybody listening as emotional or mental so I really feel, guys, that even though we're saying it's one thing, it can definitely be touching on different areas of your life. Fantastic. Now, what about the third piece of the physical pillar, which is sleep? It's very easy for us to say, well, you need to sleep eight hours or you need to sleep eight and a half hours. But I know one of the largest struggles that I hear from people is time is such a valuable commodity. They go to bed late, they get up early. How does somebody tackle the struggle that is time when we talk about sleeping so or, 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 or the quality of sleep even so to ask yourself why maybe aren't you getting that full quality sleep and I would definitely try to break it down and look at maybe why you're struggling like have you been watching tv just before bed are you listening to rocked up music just before bed are you eating just before bed are you talking on the phone are you doing work Maybe starting to try out different exercises, and not so much a physical exercise, but routines, I'm kind of saying, so that you can set yourself up for a good sleep. Maybe also it's looking at the quality. Is your pillow right for you? You know, is the temperature of the room right? I know I am a demon for heat. I love it. But apparently that's not so great. Having a cooler room makes you have or allows your body to sleep more solid. Yeah, it's it's neat. I've, I've always had a white noise machine. It's somehow either a fan going or, you know, maybe my iPad will have the white noise going. But I like to have some sort of noise. And it's I, it's so funny when I run into people who need absolute silence in order to sleep. And it's it's neat how everyone has different preferences when they go to bed. Some people like to sleep with the TV on. I, I couldn't imagine, but there's lots of people that love to sleep with the television on. As soon as the television gets turned off, they immediately wake up. It's, it's weird how our brains work in regards to sleeping. It is, but it's about taking the time to be aware of what you need. The white night noise, huge thing for us too. Always a fan going. If we don't have it, it's like, ah. Yeah, it's almost too quiet. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange, right? Well, let's talk a little bit here about the struggles in the mental game. So mentally, when we talk about mental self-care, what are we talking about? What sort of struggles would, would people uh, run, run into? So if you don't take the time maybe for self-care, the way it's going to impact you mentally, I would say maybe your, your mind is feeling cluttered. I would say um, you feel probably more toxic, I would say. Um, so you might find that you're, that little things start to niggle at us. They start to annoy us. We start to get irritable day to day rather than being grateful. We might get annoyed by the smallest things in our lives. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm starting to get annoyed with maybe a situation, I'll look at my self-care regimen and I'll be like, hmm, is this really them? Or maybe I haven't taken the time for me. Mm -hmm. So I know that's one thing that I really consciously try to do. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. I had that happen just the other day where, you know, it's the winter time, it's snowing, it, it's uh, busy traffic outside. And I was just getting irritable. I just noticed I was just 
and and, I, and it's almost like you have to make a conscious choice to be like, let's reset mentally on this. Where am I? I'm in a great society. I'm very fortunate. What a great opportunity that I get to go shopping for. You know, I was trying to get, grab a thing at the mall, and it was like, rather than focusing on the negatives, I made a conscious choice to try to focus on the positives. And it did help to some extent, but I will say from the self-care aspect, I made a choice to go home and watch a funny show for an hour. And it, I actually started laughing and I just kind of reset myself emotionally and mentally a little bit where I was like, you know what, you know, it feels good to laugh and just kind of take a load off. And it was a very small window of time. It was only an hour, but it, but it made a difference in my life rather than wearing that weight of going to the mall. It was like, no, no, let's mentally reset and get another p little bit of stimulus coming at me that was a bit different. And that goes back to awareness. It's knowing what you need as that individual in that particular moment. So I think that's a huge thing. And I don't think it's necessarily something we allow time for. So I would highly encourage, guys, it, if you just go and figure out two or three things that really helps get you in a positive frame of mind. Because I know, like, with today's society, we kind of look at this self-care piece as selfish, you know, and how we don't have time for it. We're so busy. We can't fit it in. But in reality, it's going to make a more quality version of life. So I would definitely encourage you. And we'll keep talking about, you know, we'll look at some how-tos maybe for self-care. But I would definitely encourage you to take the time to go out and just write down two or three things that can really get you in that lift spirit, refresh state in a, um, in a rather short time frame. Yeah, it's neat too. I think from the mental game, we can sometimes get into a little bit of a rut where we might get into a bad mood and then we actually get angry that we're in a bad mood. So we're getting angry about being angry. And it's like, oh man, now what do you do, right? So I think it's, I think there's a lot of value there to mentally reset, acknowledge the fact that we're angry, acknowledge the fact that we're in a bad mood. And I think sometimes even just, and not that you want to use your partner as a as a doormat and a venting, you know, just vent at them, but to actually talk about it and just say, Hey, you know what? I'm in a bad mood. Here's what happened. And sometimes that can really help just hearing another person go, man, that's not right that that happened to you. And it's like, Oh, now I feel better. Something like getting it off your chest can sometimes be helpful as well. And you just nailed it. So it's getting it off your chest is like a big thing. Well, and that leads us into the emotional piece of it. And I think, you know, the emotional and the mental, sometimes there is a bit of an overlap there, but I think with emotional self care, do you want to talk about this one? I think when I think of emotional self-care, I think about connecting with others. I think that's a big piece of our lives. See, and that's awesome because I would put that as spiritual. So that's oh, what I'm saying. I like how what's going to be one area for me will be another. Mm -hmm. So talk more about that connection before I'll give yeah, you Yeah, so I think for myself, like, and it's funny because I think of the spiritual side a little more like time by myself, uh, reflection perhaps, um, in introspection, you know, sitting in a, in a quiet space by myself. And it could be something like reading a book that kind of expands the horizons of my mind, something like that. Thanks. It could be a novel, it could be nonfiction, it could even be somebody's blog. And you go, wow, I never thought of that idea before. Uh, I think of emotional, which is more being with other people and enjoying their successes or getting angry on their behalf and connecting with them. You know, somebody comes over and says, hey, you know, I had a bad experience today. And you go, man, you know, and you can kind of be outraged with them. And, and not that you want to go into some negative spiral, but just, just to let them know, hey, I, that's, you know, I feel for you. I think there's that emotional connection. When I, when I hear emotional, I think of connecting with others. Thanks. 
Um, I would definitely agree it's a huge part of (laughs) self-care. Absolutely. Uh, Emotional, I would say, um, trying to set myself up to be centered and balanced. So once again, that for me is tying really heavily into the mental aspect as well. So emotionally, kind of recognizing what I'm feeling. That's what I would associate emotional for me. Maybe digesting my emotions and by that I mean giving myself time to explore what I'm actually feeling and what a situation might have caused why it might have caused a reaction in that for me oh I really like that so so for and I'll just throw an example out there so let's say you know you're going through your day and maybe you get your feelings hurt or maybe there was something that wasn't right and our sense of justice goes hey man that's not fair and what you're suggesting is rather than shy away from that because it might be painful Rather than shy away from that, take some deliberate time to actively explore that more, even though it might be painful at first, to explore that a bit more because the benefits would be so much greater down the road. Yeah, because it might not actually be the person's words that are uh, really triggering for you. It could be the way you were feeling going into that situation. So I believe that awareness of yourself is a very important piece of self-care, making sure you take that time to really understand how you're feeling. Yeah, it's interesting how much we filter through our emotions. So I like what you're saying about pulling back a step and saying, hold on here, factually, what happened? Let's remove all the emotion from it. Factually, what happened? And then is that why I'm feeling good about this? Is that why I'm feeling bad about this? We may be painting a slightly skewed picture based on how we're feeling about what happened. Yeah, and then you can also look at like another emotional piece. I would say could be something so simple as like spending quality time with your pet (laughs) you know like I know with my cat just even to sit down and pet him it can release some really positive emotions for me so that would definitely be an emotional piece telling people like you mentioned uh, how you feel or maybe having those conversations I think is definitely can be a very positive emotional experience Yeah, it's neat how we sometimes know what feels good, but we may not necessarily know why it feels good. And I like that second step of saying, hold on here. Rather than just seeking pleasure, rather than just saying, well, this makes me feel good, taking the time to say, hey, why does this make me feel good? And and, and as a result, it may actually open up more avenues. We might say, you know what, connecting with this person, I really felt good. But when we drill down, it might be that we paid them a compliment. It might be that we did a good deed for them. It might be something that we did that's a little bit more than just, oh, we hung out with this person. It was what actually happened during that exchange. And that's the real reason why I felt so great. And I can actually recreate that in other aspects of my life as well. And that's a beautiful thing to have that tool in your tool belt. And then you're not giving all the credit to that other individual. You're taking that away from that situation which exactly what you said, you can create it in another situation. Yeah, one of the nice things about emotional self-care is I think being aware of whether we're consuming something to feel good or whether we're creating something to feel good. And both of them are fine. There's not that one's bad or one's good. They're both good. But I think it's important to recognize which is which and when that happens. Sometimes we might be consuming food or watching television or playing a video game and we're consuming this and we might want to flip flip the gears a little bit flip over into the creating side as well to keep it fresh just you know nothing feels like you know writing a great piece of work or 
doing a hobby and you've created something and you can show it off and you can say, hey, look what I made uh, or, or contributing to somebody's life in a positive way. This is what I contributed. It's like almost like a little asset you can put in your pocket and say, hey, this is something I made. Well, let's go into the last pillar, which is spiritual. And for spiritual self-care, this is, this is a tough one because, you know, people look at their own lives so privately and everyone's got different spirituality a little bit. You know, we're not all the same. We're all very different. So when we talk about spiritual self-care, is there any sort of overarching main points that we can help people with with spiritual self-care? I would say it's not about the nitty-gritty details like you just mentioned. Everybody's going to differ a little bit. So it's about that basic connection. You know, it doesn't have to be a connection because we agree on anything. It could just be the connection of our friendship or the connection of that good conversation. So I would definitely link that up um, with spirituality. And I would say not only connecting with others, but taking the time to connect with yourself. So oh, interesting. So could this be something like perhaps meditation or some sort of, uh, mi- I know you talked before about mindfulness. Yeah. Do you want to do a quick, maybe just do a quick recap on what mindfulness is? Now we have another podcast dedicated to uh, you know, mindfulness, but do you want to just do the quick, the quick version here for our listeners? Quick version would be being present, I would say, making sure you're really in that moment, limiting your distractions, uh, really being in that environment in that particular moment. So I know the example we gave, because I always find it the easiest, is brushing your teeth. You know, something like that. But for with self-care, it could be the bath time. That could be a beautiful chance to be mindful. Uh, basically, meditating in a way. So really concentrating on the breath in, really concentrating on it out. Really, once again, checking in with how you're feeling. So tying closely in with that emotional piece for me. One of the things when I think of spiritual self-care is and it's a conscious choice is is purposely taking time out of my day to be grateful about something to be thankful for something and it kind of felt weird when i first started doing it i was like oh geez you know i'm going to literally sit here for 5 minutes and go through the list of things that i'm thankful for but boy it really helps me reset it could be something as simple as sitting in a living room and saying you know what i have heat i have clean drinking water I have a, a house or, an, a, or a condominium. I have a place that I can call my own. And there's something very peaceful about acknowledging what is rather than what isn't. You know, about acknowledging what has been accomplished rather than what is left to do. I think it's a neat feeling when we can look back on our, our day and say, well, I'm very thankful for the opportunities that were presented. It's setting yourself up to succeed. You're really like... And I know we mentioned this before, and we'll definitely mention it a billion times more, but it is. It's about what you're giving the airtime to. Like, are you focusing on what you do have, or are you focusing on what you don't have? That's a really good point. I find that as people, one of the things we have in common is the more time we focus on something, the larger it becomes in our lives. So if we choose to focus on the negative, deficiencies in our life, things that aren't good enough, things we have left to do, that may be considered admirable to some, but it may be negative because we may be spending our time fixated on the negative. Uh, whereas if we focus on the positive, it's, it could still fuel us forward to contribute more, 
be more positive people, but we're coming at it from a place of wealth rather than a place of deficiency. And that's a, yeah, I think that's a very positive thing. Thing that something that takes effort and time, so not to underestimate that, but absolutely. It's about making sure you're giving that airtime so that you're coming from that place of plentiful almost. So one of the big questions that I'm sure our listeners have is how do I get started on this? I've never thought about this before. Self-care has never even entered my vernacular before today. What can somebody do to actually put one foot in front of the other and get started on this journey to self-care? What can people do today on that? So knowing yourself, like it's really important to give yourself that dedicated time. Not only is it a gift, I think, to you as an individual, I feel it's a gift to everybody around you. Because I find then you're not coming from a place of blame or, like you said, negativity. You're coming from a place of awareness, okay? So if you know your tank is empty, you're probably not going to go out and do something very social that day, you know, if that's something that does drain you. Or you're probably not going to go out and talk to a lot of people that day uh, because you wouldn't be able to give it your best foot forward. So I feel taking that time to really know those fixes or those things that you can do in your day-to-day life that helps to improve the quality of your mood. Fantastic. Well, you can't, I guess you can't give away what you don't have. So viewing self-care as an investment, taking the time physically in your day, and then taking the time mentally to view it as an investment in yourself. I think those are key points and you know, good on you for bringing those up. I think that's, that's terrific. So that's going to conclude today's episode here on self-care. We hope you enjoyed the Power Yourself podcast. If you like what you heard, we encourage you to share it. So go to our social media uh, page, which is on Facebook. It's called Power Yourself. And we encourage you to like us, follow us. Why not ask a question? Maybe leave a comment. We'd love that. We encourage you to get involved. So until next time, I'm Carl. I'm Jill. And thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.